lane, 15, 10, touchdown, Chargers! You think we're tired? We're not tired. Uh, Day going three. strong. Day three at the Combine, Chargers Weekly, your third podcast of the week, as always, joined by Bat Money Smith. And Money, another gem of a pod coming up. Yeah, and we're going to have a pod tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, bonus, breaking news. Breaking four news. Pods we're going to end week. up doing four. We got a lot of friends here at the Combine, and they're all uh, being very generous with their time. So we're going to uh, we're going to take advantage of that. If they're good uh, good with us, then we're good with them, and we're very excited about pushing forward today. Uh, two of our absolute favorites. We start uh, with Nate Tice and, and Mina Kimes today, and then tomorrow we'll get our friend Brett Coleman, who does a lot of work with the Chargers, and Matt Miller, who of course is doing a ton of stuff uh, as a, a draft scout for for ESPN. But today, like for people that aren't familiar with Nate, I hope you are because he does incredible work over at the Athletic. Uh, he's someone played at Wisconsin in the Big. Ten, of course, his father, Mike Tice, long time, one of the best O-line coaches in the history of the league and, and, you know, a great head coach while he was doing it for a while as well. And Nate's just got an incredible eye for talent, breaking down film and making it digestible for for people that might not be used to stuff like that. Yeah, and obviously Mina coming in here, she's here with NFL Live for the next couple of days. Yeah. It was just a, a fantastic conversation with her as well. Uh, we'll start with Nate, though, and, you know, you may see a resemblance, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll put a little, we'll plant a little seed for you, so you may want to make sure if you're just doing this audio only to work your way over to the uh, the YouTube production or chargers.com where we have the video posted uh, as well. Potential resemblance. We'll see if you see it. Here's Nate. All right, let's keep it rolling with another great guest. Nate Tice, the athletic, joins us. And, Nate, this has been so fun for us because we typically do this podcast just me and money yapping about the Chargers. We get to, to pick the brain of so many uh, intelligent people in the world of football. Smarter than us. And, and, yeah. and Nate is, oh, is certainly up there. Uh, uh, tell me what this week is like for you, man. Oh, long. Uh, no, it's <laughs> it's good. It's For me, it's you know getting in. We have to get in pretty early in the week. But it's this week is always interesting because I'm always like, all right, these guys aren't working out till late in the week. But then you forget about the people business part of this. Yes. And it's the it's the convention. It's the convention for football. So it's great to see a lot of friends and all that, but also just like, hey, I like this guy. What do you think? And actually like getting <laughs> to talk of off record on that stuff. So for me, that becomes really rewarding. But a lot of my work comes from just watching film anyways. So it's got a it's kind of a give and take of that. Like that it's a different itch I'm scratching than what I usually do when I'm layered up in my office and my sweat actually the same sweater there I wear every go. day anyway. <laughs> exactly. but at least I shaved yeah. at least I shaved this time oh, usually sure. I got a little yeah a little scraggly bringing scraggly the office beard. to Indy yeah right. that's it a little scraggly beard than normal but no it's been going great um, I will just I want to get this out of the way immediately uh, this is the first time that, that I think we've ever met I feel like yeah. it might be but I've always heard that, that Nate does have a strong resemblance to a certain number 10 that plays for the Chargers. So for the people oh. that might be listening, I'm sure you get it, but he does have a bit of a resemblance to our Justin Herbert. So for the folks that don't want to Let's show, this is actually Justin Herbert. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But we're just going to talk he a lot about scouts, offensive line. He scouts he's prospects, he's offensive linemen. Yeah, that's exactly. really involved this offseason. I've, I've gotten Stafford before. Okay, yeah. uh, and and that, that was uh, that's the scraggly beard and all right. that, and maybe it had a little bit of a jowls going on. So it was like that. That was <laughs> just Stafford, a mix of right? both LA yeah. quarterbacks. But I'm glad I'm getting compared to quarterbacks again because when I got I got really big for a little bit, and everyone's like, "So you used to play line, right?" And I'm like, <laughs> and I, was a, "I was a quarterback." And it was like, "That's I got to start hiking or doing some cardio, right? exactly. because let's yoga." Get, let's get receiver and quarterback comparisons again. Not go. not left, left tackle or right tackle. Well, let's talk about protecting you. Uh, Justin <laughs> Herbert, uh, you obviously do a lot of O-line work. The, the podcasts are great. Uh, you do with Robert and, and obviously everything that you guys are doing over the athletic. But a lot of people are pointing to offensive, you know, line, center, guard, tackle, right. everything. 
for this particular new coaching regime. Uh, what you watch at, at Michigan, the way that they want to play, the way that Harbaugh wants to play, how does this class stack up? And let's say you either stick at five or you're able to trade down. What would you be looking to do there? I, I love the trade down option uh, for them because I do think the Chargers have several holes or several – and it's a great opportunity too in this draft because I do think these positions there, even if moving down slightly, you can still find a, a blue chip type of prospect at tackle or I know a lot of fans are saying receiver, but it's but at the tackle position because there are the Olaf Fashanus from Penn State, Joe Alt from Notre Dame, J.C. Latham from Alabama, uh, Amarius Mims from Georgia, who I'm really high on, even though he's only played a limited snaps. But when you watch Harbaugh, even Stanford, even San Francisco 49ers, and then now Michigan, he's building through the trenches. That, that, that's what he's going to do. He, he wants beef. <laughs> he wants he wants to run the ball and commit to that and also protect the quarterback. How did Justin Herbert – how did I get hurt last year? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, right. that, and so let's keep him upright and let's let him play all 17 games. So that's where I see that option as perfect here because I consider Fashanu and Alt as true blue-chip top-ten type guys. And honestly, I consider Latham and Mims even close to that. So even if there's a trade down option as well, um, going into the whole left tackle, right tackle thing, Slater played right side in college a little bit. So like, if you do want to move a former All Pro over to right. the right side, there's that. But I just think it's like just get your best five out there. And if you draft a guy that was on the left side and he has to play the right side, you have six months to train that. If they're a good enough athlete, it should work. So I think there's sometimes it's like, oh, we just gotta get beef here this year. It's actually there's premium beef there's choice <laughs> yes there's USC choice, choice. Yes, there yeah go. there's choice stuff this year and that's why i think they're actually set up pretty well you know, we talked to lance airline uh, yesterday about just the the top four tackles in this draft and how it's kind of like whatever your flavor is yes. based on what the chargers have and let's say you just stick with rashawn on the left side mm -hmm. what do you think makes the most sense with what Jim and company like to do offensively. Oh, man. I, I think Fashanu, because of his size, he's a little thicker. But Alt, the Joe Alt from Notre Dame has some good movement skills. He's a former tight end and everything. But his flavor is a little different than me, uh, than what Harbaugh would like, because he is more of a finesse tackle yep. and a really good pass protection, more of a zone blocker, as opposed to what I think Harbaugh likes to run a gap scheme, a lot of at-you runs. Um, so I think a little more physical, a little bit more size, like Fashanu, or even Latham from Alabama, who's literally built like a globe. Um, I'm really excited to watch him this week because he's big and he doesn't look like a tackle because of his body type, but he moves really well. So it's and he plays on the right side, and so that's a natural transition thing that makes sense. And same with Mims from Georgia plays on the right side. Mims is an absolute freak. You'll never see a more impressive offensive tackle prospect. He just doesn't have reps, right? That's the he issue. He has eight starts, yeah. or nine starts. He's almost like an NBA prospect that was like, you know, Kyrie Irving was number right. one pick. He played like 11 games yeah. or like a European prospect we've barely seen. That's what he more is like. And usually you don't get that at tackle. Usually it's a guy that started for 30 games right. and all that. So he's just such a different type than we've ever seen. But his upside's probably as it might be higher than any of these other What do you guys. say different type? What do you mean? Uh, just a all-world freak. Uh, but also, just but, a freakish but, athlete. But, but also just the lack of starts. It's usually Got, oh, all, I got you. Yeah, yeah. The, you don't usually see a tackle drafted this high that only has eight games played or right. nine games played. Like usually these guys, like I said, have more experience. So – you don't usually, if that guy has a limited starts, they're third-round guy, fourth-round type of guy, not a potential top-12 guy. But I think Mims has that potential, and he played on the right side too. Right. So there's a little bit of a match with the Chargers. It's as well. funny, like the one name he didn't mention. And I'm trying to remember who it was that came on first. It's just, it's for some reason, offensive line is so different than everywhere else. Where somebody has, you know, for Lance, it was was Latham. Who was it that had Fuaga? They were like Fuaga's the right tackle. It's over. You run yeah. the ball. It's violent. Like, I I'm a little. I like Fuaga, and I have a more of a late first-round grade on him. Like, it's splitting hairs, but, you know, just like uh, – but compared to the other guys, maybe a half tier. 
Uh, his pass protection stuff, I, I think that he still has work, work to do. I know a lot of people like his run ability, uh, his ability in a run game. I'm not as high as others on that. I think some people see some finishing that he does well, and he goes, oh, he's great in the run game. Right. It's like, mm. You know, it's like not as much as maybe I thought, but he's still great, uh, a very good prospect, I should say. Also play on the right side as well. But he, to me, is really more five, maybe even six, because um, then you get uh, uh, Fontenu, the left tackle from Washington, Washington yep. who I would give a shot to play a right side, um, on right tackle. I think he actually has good movement ability. He just doesn't look like a tackle. He's like 6'4". You know, he's a little shorter, you know, but he's really – he's a technician. He's strong. He's got good feet. Or bump him in to, inside to guard. I, I know a lot of people like him at guard, but I'd still give him a shot at tackle. I like him a little bit more than Fuaga. Um, but, that again, we're gotten onto six guys I know, that right. are all legit top 20 guys to me. And then there's cool – kind of projecty type guys like uh, Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma right. and then so you're getting into that where and, um, uh, and right Suma- tackle as well for Su- right tackle Suomata from BYU that's another kind of interesting he's like a big freak too he's right freak. huge five-star prospect all that stuff yeah he was an Oregon guy went to BYU very freaky another guy that doesn't have a lot of tape you know he does but not as much as some of these other guys but then those guys sometimes I've seen in other drafts those guys are being like tackle too because there's not this much talent but right here, those guys are seven, eight, like, and that's that's an interesting tackle class. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because we don't know the true opinions of these front offices. Right. And we'll start at quarterback because you just did an article on, on Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. And I think the yeah, consensus. Yeah, you really want to push that, right? Yeah, a little make, bit. Make you yeah, the most popular yeah. guy around yeah. town. The, oh, oh, Washington <laughs> fans are really happy oh, with oh, me I'm, right I'm now. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so the consensus, it seems like, is, oh, three quarterbacks going to go one, two, three. Uh, so what the Chargers are hoping, I'm sure, is that there's a a fourth quarterback or one of these three fall to five. Mm-hmm. How much do you think can change here from the combine to draft day uh, with these quarterbacks and kind of how that first five shakes out? It, it, absolutely, the interview process is just so huge. You're finally getting these guys in front of decision makers. They can try and rattle them if they have scripted answers. Hey, you sucked on this play. How? Just really push them and see it. Is this our guy? So. I think there's some confirmation bias where guys are going to go, oh, I already like this guy. Now I love him. Or I didn't like that guy. He had that one wrong answer in an interview. I hate him off the board. And that's what it's kind of like that ramps up. So I think just seeing people like Daniels, which, again, as Chargers, it's like that's good. You, you want Absolutely. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> build it up. Um, but, like, that, to me, I have May Williams, Drake May and Caleb Williams graded very highly. Um, you have May higher than Caleb. Yes. It's 1A, 1B, but I do prefer May a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. I In 10 years, I've, like, officially scouted guys doing the process I do now. Like, it's Trevor, May, and Williams in some shape or form are the top three guys. Trevor Lawrence are the top three guys I've ever scouted. Um, I, I, I just I truly believe that. I, but I think Daniels is a full tier below where he's more of, like, a late first rounder. So, like, this is why Washington fans aren't happy with me right now because <laughs> another and Patriot fans are going like, no, this is our guy, right? And I kind of threw some cold water that with, with my article. But having said that, that's me. There might be teams. Yeah. I mean, Bill Belichick just came out. I know he's not with the team right now, but he came out and was just like, oh, Daniel's always so explosive, all this that. You don't know what these guys are going to prefer. What What was he before the season? Like, oh, what, what, like fourth, fourth round? rounder. Fourth yeah, rounder. Fourth rounder. And I and I liked him. It's just that he has a lot of sizes. Number one thing. Um, he doesn't work over the middle, which is always a huge red alert for me. The comparison I've started making is that that's like a basketball player that doesn't shoot threes. You better be awesome at other things. You might you must have a great arm outside. You must create a lot. He does create a lot, but the guys that I've the statistical profile that I've looked at and just watching on tape too, how he attacks, he plays a lot like Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, even Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has fallen off a cliff as his athleticism uh, has kind of dwindled. 
Jalen Hurts stopped running the ball last year, and his the offense kind of right. fell apart. And Justin Fields still has issues throwing the ball over the middle. And Fields, those guys are all, I mean, Russ is 215. Justin Fields is 230. Hurts is 230. Those are big guys. Daniels is 200 pounds. Maybe. Yeah, like, you know, you give, or take five, give or take five pounds. It's just there's not a lot of historical kind of data to point that this succeeds. Right. Um, the only other guys under 205 that have succeeded since 2000, modern football, is Kirk Cousins, one year of Aaron Brooks, and uh, one year of Jeff Garcia. It's like, so, and that's a fourth round pick, fourth round pick, undrafted free agent that played in Canada, right. not yeah. a top three guy. Right. That, and so to me, that's red alert, red alert. Still have a late first rounder because the guy can run a four, three, eight or whatever. But there's just a lot more detriments to him that I think people have kind of expounded on. When you say the middle, like that's where J.J. McCarthy excels so, and yes. why they think this is going to be a really good week for him, yep. the interview process. Could you see him being a top five pick? Yeah, I, I would say top ten. Um, even, again, I have him graded closer to Daniels, more like a early second, late first kind of guy. But teams from certain offenses are going to love him. Um, teams being from the Shanahan offenses. So Atlanta, um, Minnesota. Atlanta, Minnesota, uh, Raiders, because uh, uh, what they're new, uh, with Getze has right. some background on that as well. Um, I don't think – people are saying Broncos with him. I, this is not a Sean Payton guy to me. Uh, May is a Sean Payton guy to me. Mm. Uh, the, that, so that's where I don't see them. But that's where we just saw four teams, three teams right there, all in striking distance of that. So I, McCarthy rips the ball over the middle. He throws really well on the move. But, again, I just brought up the size stuff. That applies to McCarthy as well. He's 195, 190. He might weigh 205 this week, but that's combine weight. That's another thing I have to bring up. It's a historical outlier. But he doing that stuff over the middle, doing that stuff throwing on the move, Daniels looks to scramble. Or when he breaks contain, he looks to scramble. McCarthy breaks contain, he looks to throw. That is more realistic in the NFL. So that's why I think some teams watch him and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, I like that translating right. better. Nate, if we said Michael Penix – had a clean injury history, like he was he was good to go, mm-hmm. right? Where would he be in this draft if he didn't have all the injury history? I, I still have like more of a third round grade. Really? On him. Okay. Yeah. Still. Yeah. And uh, again, throwing over the middle stuff. I know I'm just being a dead horse here, but it, it's true. It's like this is what works in the NFL. So he's not very efficient. He doesn't really throw with that anticipation. He's got plenty of arm zip. He likes to work on the outside. And when you don't have three potential top 50 wide receivers. Makes me a little hesitant uh, of like how that translates. Um, they gave him no kind of pre-snap operation stuff for a guy that started 50 games, you know, played all that time. That worries me a little bit too. It's like, okay, they didn't put a lot on his plate. You watched Justin this last year. You watched myself this last year. Uh, watch <laughs> how much, keep riding it, dude. Yeah, keep, what, keep riding that horse. <laughs> excuse me. Watch how much Kellen Moore put on his plate and he's checking and all that stuff. That's real. And I never really saw that with him, some of the pre-snap process stuff. Right. Thought he kind of got away with that. So I still have more like a third-round grade. And then you get into the injury stuff like that, so that's that's a little hurt hurts too. So you're certainly uh, familiar with teams uh, in the middle of the country, um, and I think of runners, and it feels like there's some good runners coming out of the Big Ten. Um, Eckler's free agent, Joshua Kelly's free agent. We have no idea. Isaiah Spiller was a healthy scratch right. a number of a number of games. Um, just your thoughts on on the running backs, and if you can think of one that would pair really well mm-hmm. with with this coaching staff. Give us someone from the Midwest. Yeah. Oh man, two my two guys I really like: uh, Braylon Allen from Wisconsin, who I have a little bias that towards. That was the setup. Yep. There and uh, an Audrey Estime from Notre Dame. Yeah. And uh, this running back class, I think, because we got spoiled last year with Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. Even myself, I was like, oh, it's not a good running back class. Eh, it's whatever. Then I studied these guys. I go, okay, actually, hold on a sec. Actually, you know, these some guys are taking the second round now. Those two, to me, fit what Harbaugh wants. Big guys catch a little bit, but they can run every type of run. Estime's got juice at 230 pounds. He can take any run to the house. 
He is a big back that's a little more finessey, though, more of a zone guy, outside, cut, and then go. I think Allen's got a little bit of everything, uh, but he's going to be a little bit slower. Uh, I, I wait for him is going to be interesting to see, too. But those two, they match what I think yeah. what Harbaugh wants to do. And I would assume Blake Corum is automatically – Going to be considered. It's yeah. just Corum's got so much tread on his tires yeah. and everything yeah. like that. I love Corum as like a real high end two, like you know, like the third down back. Hey, he's going to get eight to ten touches, but you know, like it, to spell a classic, you know, spell right. back. Yeah. Jordan Reed of ESPN told us that that uh, Allen and Jim Harbaugh are a match made in heaven. They are. Yeah. It, it, it makes so much sense. I mean, <laughs> two hundred forty pound back that can run everything. And it's like, and he can take twenty plus touches if they want to roll that way. It, those two make a lot of sense to me. What about interior line? Um, yeah. It seems like, again, we're hearing a lot of, you know, Midwest, Big Ten, a lot of good interior. An Penn guy. State. Yeah, there's an, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Powers Johnson, there's an Oregon guy in yeah. there as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Powers Johnson is, is kind of gotten a lot of pub. He's such an exciting prospect. You don't see a lot of 320-pound centers that move like that. I think he can play guard as well. He's kind of a wild horse, though. His hands are all over the place. Like, he's going to be more of a – his acclimation to the NFL is going to be a little harder. Uh, I think his upside's as high of upside you could have as a center. I think he's going to take a minute to get to there. Um, he's new to the center position. That's a lot on a guy. Um, having said that, uh, Graham Barton from Duke, I, I really like. Um, can he play, like, every position? He can. He plays tackle. I think he's going to be an interior guy, but I think he can be – he can put legit thing. I think he can play four spots, like, where he can, like, hey, after I play right tackle, I can play that for a game or two like that. Um, but that's huge. Versatility is huge. Right. And then there's Zach Frazier from West Virginia, and this is why, even if I really like his tape, what – this is all about versatility he's a center only just because of size and length and all that so that's why maybe i have him as a third guy but that having said that that's three center types that i consider late first rounders that's more than we, us- we usually maybe have one. one yeah so that there's some le- I, I really like barden for the chargers though um I, I really if he's there early second or thing or you do move back stuff because just of his versatility just because he can play center and he has experience at that he's smart i always love that quarterback to center hey, we're going to build together for 10 years kind of right. thing, and you will build that battery a little bit. Right. My last question, and I'm going to address you as the franchise quarterback. <laughs> okay. um, Justin, we have to pick at five. We have no trade options. Who are we taking? It's, it's up to you. It's uh, up to you, number 10. I would say uh, that guy from Penn State, uh, uh, Coach, I know you have a lot of experience with him, uh, playing against him in the Big Ten, but Ola Fashanu is the one. Uh, Fashanu, I would say Fashanu. Fashanu. Uh, he, uh, to me, is just – uh, I, I just he does so much well. Yeah. What did I say? I, I feel like I just got his name wrong. Did I just get his name wrong? No, you did. Yeah, a little. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for Penn State, it's just I, I think he has a lot of traits that you want at the tackle position. Yeah. It, it's just just the uh, uh, movement skills at that size still has room to grow. He had one real bad game against Ohio State that made me go. <gasps> but then all his other tapes really good. Uh, I think if some of his people were saying that he's not good in the run game, I actually think he's very good in the run game. I think he finishes. I think he's got good techniques. But he's the guy to me that's like that's a franchise tackle at left or right Justin, side. Justin, we, right. we, 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 we could get you Malik Neighbors too. I just just if think about it. I, I just – it's a hat on a hat for me. Yeah. And, also, <laughs> and also if you're starting from – it's inside out. Team building should always be inside out. I always look at receivers as the cherry on top. Yeah. That's the, hey, that puts us over the top. That raises right. the ceiling. I think the Chargers in this weird – it's so crazy in a 12-month span. They've gone from, like, we need the cherries on top to now I think we're rebuilding from the ground floor up. So yeah. that's why inside out for them. So I'll, I'll finish with the, uh, the least intriguing question from the folks that are listening, and that's linebacker. But I think about what happened to Baltimore when they traded for Roquan Smith and how different that became for yeah. the Ravens. And Kenneth Murray gone – 
probably likely that Eric Kendricks at least very real possibility that he's cut candidate because of the the cap compliance that they've got to figure out. So they got nobody. Yeah, well, there's a and there's not a lot of linebackers in this draft. Perfect. Uh, I think my highest guy was the linebacker from Michigan and Colson. Colson, thank you. I almost called him. <laughs> I was calling him the running back. Yeah. Cor- I almost said Corum. Uh, Junior Colson, very smart, very doesn't have a high end ceiling. I think he's a limited athlete and everything. But I compare him a little bit to Nick Bolton from the Chiefs. But Take that. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. We know that we know Nick Bolton yeah. well. Can play the Chargers. three downs and can do everything very well. Gets yeah. everybody set, and then that they have experience with him. And, and I think the the defense coordinator, like well, all the free will and stuff, he handles all that really well. He to me in the second round is actually like the one guy I kind of like. That's a pretty a pretty dire linebacker class, though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, be sure to uh, listen to all the pods, read all the articles. Uh, Nate underscore Tice is the uh, social media feed that you can get all the links. I would assume we know you're busy. Nate, thanks, man. No, thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Nate. Yep. Another big time guest, Mina Kimes of ESPN, joins us. And Mina, you just got in town yesterday. Yesterday, yes. How's it been so far? You know, I'm still on West Coast time, but um, excited to be here. Excited to see some of these D-linemen run. It's one of my favorite things at the Combine. It's one of the things where, like, you actually do get a lot out of being there in person right. and just seeing – like, I never, I'll never forget seeing Jordan Davis run in person and just yeah. being like, wow, <laughs> Hold what up. was that? Yeah. That was uh, – for me, that was Don Terry Poe. Oh, God. We, yes. Back in the days when we were on the field and oh. – you know, we, we had heard, oh, yeah, this guy's pretty big. He's going to run fast. And like you said, yeah. when you see it firsthand, <laughs> it is it is odd to see a man that large move like that. And you see why it's so seductive. Yes. To uh, Andre Sweat this year. Oh, is, yeah. He's is, been hyping it, too, yeah, I know. which I love. Yes. you got to be careful with those. I, can't, I, I never yeah. remember the guy's name, but there was a uh, wide receiver out of Mississippi State. And, I, you know, we used to do the, the stream with I know exactly Ike. who you're talking do about. Do you remember who it was, what his uh, name was? And he had a – it was like a, the perfect name because the name had like speed in it or fast or something <laughs> like that. And Ike Taylor was like – and, you know, Ike, he's the best. And he's just like, oh, hold on, everyone now. Oh we got to we gotta wait. This guy's about to light this place on fire. Okay. And the guy ran like a Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> announcer's jinx. Exceptional. Exactly. Announcer's jinx. So hopefully Sweat will, uh, will overcome the announcer's jinx. I, I got to get the name. We got to get the name oh, at we'll some point. Exactly. Exactly. So you're here watching D-linemen. We'll get uh, quarterbacks. Let's start there, Mina, because you obviously know the quarterbacks. What do you think? Is it is it three? Is it four? Is it top five? Is it top ten? Like how do you how see it working will, out? I mean, it seems like four will likely go on the top half of the draft, which has been a rapidly expanding number, as you know. It started yeah. as two, then it was three, then it was three going in the top four, top three. Now it's – Guys rising, but this happens every year, so you got to kind of wait and see how things shake out. There's also, I, I, I think, before I have a good sense of where the quarterbacks might go, particularly after the first three, um, you got to see how things shake out in free agency. Kirk Cousins, right. some of the smoke around Justin Fields of Chicago, obviously. Um, but yeah, there's certainly a lot of hype around these quarterbacks. So Harbaugh comes in, and it's just a whole new vibe, Mina. Um, they have to build this thing differently. Uh, there's a lot of positions that I think depth leaves a little bit to be desired. Where do you start when you look at this roster? Yeah, uh, I was just looking at the team, sort of the depth chart, trying to kind of assess the needs ahead of the draft, especially with such a premium pick. And I came out of it thinking, mm, I want to trade down and, and stock up. Uh, you know, kind of depends on what yeah. people want for five. You can see if you can get something, uh, get a nice haul for that. But um 
There's a lot of needs. Uh, offensive line, defensive line, both sides of the ball in the trenches, I would say. A cornerback jumps out. Big time. Tight end. Um, I could be, I'm, I'm, like, naming every position. I think That's probably what I would prioritize. Yeah. What do you – so, you know, look, people that, that listen and watch, they, they are a little – more adverse to the idea of investing a bunch of high picks in lines. They don't quite yeah. understand that idea, so they get excited about shiny objects and wide receivers and tight ends. Right. I'm assuming you've you've watched some some Brock Bowers. Kind of yeah. your thoughts on on what he brings and like what would be because I know yeah. like DJ wrote, gosh, the idea of Brock Bowers on the Bengals is so exciting. Your just kind of your thoughts of yeah what he, you would invest in him and where you'd like to see him really go. fascinating. Uh, prospect because of the position more so than the player because the player is very very good very complete I don't need to tell you guys that uh, probably one of the more watched prospects in the draft because of the big games that he's played in um, but just you know he's an offensive weapon with the ball in his hands amazing catch radius the size of Mars uh, really um, sophisticated route runner, really smart player, decent blocker, will probably get better in the NFL. But is that a position that you can spend a top five pick on? I think that's an open question. And when people say, well, I don't understand, like, you know, why, why does that even matter if he's an offensive weapon? Well, because when you have picks like that, it's not only about the player, obviously you guys know this, but about the value um, because – the opportunity to get a premium position at, at a great value is very tantalizing. Also, I would say it is about the position in particular in the specific because tight ends historically have taken a while to kind of develop in the right. NFL. And um, I'd be curious to see if the success of Sam Laporta in Detroit right off the jump maybe helps. A second-round pick. <laughs> who is not as good a prospect as Bowers, yeah. if that actually helps his draft stock. It really just kind of depends on, to me at least, what your needs are, how many of those needs you have. And I think that's where things get tricky for L.A. because, as we just talked about, there's a lot of needs. Yeah. The three wide receivers at the top, how closely do you have those guys? Obviously, Marvin Harrison seems to be the consensus, but yeah. Rome and neighbors kind of nipping at his heels. I mean, they're, they're they're fantastic, and I do view it as, like, a clear top three. Um, I'm a Huskies fan, so I, you know, you I love it. Udunze, so, he's so cool because I, I, I watch him, and I just think there's no way he can fail in the NFL. Like, to me, he has his floor is just so high. He's so complete. He's going to be a quarterback's best friend. But uh, I would still have him as wide receiver three just because explosiveness is such a premium. Um, neighbors with the ball in his hands is so uh, just unbelievable. And, you know, watching LSU is crazy. Um, but at, when I had time to kind of go back and watch the tape, I was reminded, don't overthink Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, he's just I, – I, I don't feel like – it's extreme to say he's about as good a wide, wide receiver prospect as I've ever seen. And um, unlike those other two receivers, was thrown some pretty difficult balls. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, he's a little bit more uh, uh, ball catcher. battle-tested yeah. in that regard, I suppose. I mean, because, yeah, Jane Daniels and Michael Penix are just throwing these beautiful pearls to their guys, and Harrison Jr. was tracking down some real real ducks out yeah. there. So he's a really cool player. It's uh, we, We've been talking about it quite a bit just because a lot of mock drafts have, have mocked either neighbors or a Dunze to the Chargers. And really? I, you know, you mentioned it. I, I don't think people realize, like, what, what Rome is going to do here, like what the combine is going to look like for him just because – it's hard when you watch football on TV to realize how big somebody is, yeah. especially when they're surrounded by other very large individuals in a huddle and there's offensive linemen and there's tight ends and you don't 
no, you don't recognize that. Yeah, Roman Tutsay is a legit 6'2". He's a legit 215 pounds. And he's probably going to run sub 4-4. Like, he's really special. Player. He's crazy. Like, and it's just so fun. I think that gets lost in, in translation when you're watching well, this on TV. And that's what's so unusual about not just this top three, but I would say like the top eight receivers in this class is like we're coming off of so many years where you'd have the guy, you know, there were a lot of undersized receivers, there were receivers who were like big, but maybe not as fast. Right. You have so many like true X receivers in this draft. It's yeah. like, it's pretty unprecedented, frankly. Um, but for the Chargers, you know, when you consider, again, the, the needs on the roster, and, and also I think the identity of the coach, Greg Roman coming in, what they imagine they want to do on offense, I'm not sure it makes sense. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about the defensive line, and right now as we talk, it's kind of a mystery as to what's going to happen with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Right, yeah. There's a lot of needs at defensive tackle. You know, we've talked about Chris Jenkins. Maybe, maybe he's a second or third round pick that the Chargers identify. How do you assess what the Chargers' defense is going to look like and kind of what yeah. Jesse Minter can can work with up front? Yeah, um, love watching Jesse Minter's defense. Uh, part of the reason why I was so excited for my Seahawks to uh, have Mike McDonald yeah. as their head coach, you know, obviously the shared DNA there. Um, I, I think watching those defenses, the things that there's a lot of types of players that jumps out, jump out, pardon me, um, off-ball linebacker athleticism is really important as well as smarts because it's a, it's a very complicated um, defense up front. Um, I think that there are players on the Chargers already who I see fitting in well. Thule, who's obviously so good as a rookie. Um, I th- I'm excited to see like what James, what, what this defense can yeah. do for him, for example. Again, give the amount of disguise that they employ on the back end. Um, but there's a lot of holes that have to be filled. Yeah. And I do think that that's, you know, I, I, outside of the offensive line, is probably what I would prioritize. What Because I think the Seahawks are probably going to go through it to a team you know intimately. Um, but the idea of ripping a Band-Aid off and just saying, okay, well, Khalil, Joey, Mike, yeah. you know, let's we, – we need to reset. These guys are great at developing. Let's, let's develop some young players. Versus what if the coaches came to you and said, hey, give us a shot. I know it's not the best idea, but let's let's push some of this. Give us a shot with Joey, Khalil, Mike. Would you? Does that make any sense to you with the cap going up? If if Jesse Minter came and said, "No, I need two edges. I, I need. I think we need these guys. Can we make it work?" I, it would be tricky. I think honestly. Um, I mean, I guess it's you know you're really it, you're kind of looking at four players, the the receivers right. and the edges. You know, you guys. Um, in conjunction with each other and, and seeing if, okay, maybe if we choose to make the sacrifice at receiver instead, we can prioritize edge. And having a young edge, I think, maybe helps with Tuli, them, yeah. yeah, potentially move on on that side of the ball. So you're looking at him versus you're looking at, like, Quentin Johnson, you drafted in the first round last year. You say, okay, w- which of these two players do we think can, like, take the step to yeah. compensate for the loss of the, the veteran? I mean, you know, Mac was – Fantastic yeah, last I know, year. I know. So it's feel you know it's like it's like oh my god, are we really talking about that? And we see how much better this offense is with Mike Williams, but um, you know the previous regime left some pretty hard decisions in place. If, if you could only keep one, who would you keep? Out of the out of those four, Keenan, Mike, Joey, Khalil. It's really hard. Well, I I just don't see how this offense can run without Keenan Allen right. at the moment. So that would probably be it. Yeah. By the way, I was looking down. Uh, Darunya Wilson. Darunya Wilson. There it is. Mississippi the uh, the four nine man. Yeah. Hold on, everybody. <laughs> this guy's about to light it up. Run Wilson. in his name. Yeah, Darunya. Yeah, like a four nine. Yeah. I think is what it was. Staying with the wide receivers, you know, we have talked about the fact that because Justin Herbert's your quarterback, yeah. uh, 
maybe that second tier of wide receivers, like Justin, can just elevate that player, whether it's like a, a Franklin or a, a Roman yeah. Wilson from Michigan. Where do you kind of fall in that? Like, you got the blue chip guys, the the no doubter, slam dunk neighbors, Roma Dunze, or hey, we we got to address the offensive line early, yeah. and we can get one of these receivers because it's, it's a deep class. Sort of like what the Chiefs just did. That's right. what you're talking about, right? Because yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, after the Super Bowl, people were like, oh, did the Chiefs show us that like wide receiver is not that important? And then obviously everyone was like, it's Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. But <laughs> it's also Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And, by the way, the young receiver they drafted last year was really good yeah, by Rice the end of the good. season. So I, I think it, you can only go so far in um, not prioritizing that position because, yes, a quarterback can elevate the receiver, but – Receiver, not only, you know, they have to do so many things right that it's, um, I don't know. I, I, I would not consider that an opportunity to save money just because you got a good quarterback. Where do you come out on, and, and this is something that, that can be sort of popular in, in college if they recognize in a, in a conference that their window does not look good at that particular yeah. time. It's like, you know what, let's just play for two years down the road, right. develop, and, and this guy will be gone, and they'll be gone, and that's where we're going to take our window. It's not as prevalent in the, in the NFL, but just let's talk both Western divisions, NFC, AFC. Like, what do you think the window is for the 49ers, and what do you think the window is for the Chiefs? Like, how vulnerable, if at all, do you see those two teams to – the three that are behind them to knock them off their perch this season or next? I, I think I see the Niners being more vulnerable to that than the Chiefs. They don't have that many free agents this year, but in 2025 they have a bunch of guys coming up. At some point they're going to have to make a decision about paying the quarterback. Obviously that's a pretty big advantage for them right now. Um, whereas, I mean, Kansas City just showed us it doesn't really – I mean, they, they've had a lot of picks hit on defense and some of their signings I think have been very astute. It's just a, was a very well-built team last year, but – I think when you have the quarterback, you always are competing and your window is never really closed. And then so when you're talking about a team like L.A., where I think the roster has a lot of issues, you don't punt. You just don't. You have to, you know, take some pain and eat your vegetables and, yeah. and address maybe unsexy positions and trade down and all those kinds of things we've been talking about. But when your quarterback is one of the, you know, five to seven best quarterbacks in the NFL, you're always competing. Is, is it, sorry, Chris, is that like because it's, it's Chargers people. We go into these seasons, and we go into this year, and we go into last year, and it's like, okay, the Chiefs are vulnerable. And I don't feel like that's a bad assessment. It's no, like, hey, yeah. look, they they got rid of Tyreek Hill. They, they, it's just we have Derwin James. Focus on Travis Kelsey, and this, yeah. this offense can be had. I just feel like these last two years we've looked at the AFC and looked at the Bills and looked at the Ravens and looked at what we've had with the Chargers, and I can't figure out why it continues to break the way it does for the Chiefs, and they end up just kind of doing what we all think they're not going to be capable to do this year. Is it as simple as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes? Um, you know, it's been different stories, different years. I think this year, ultimately, you know, the, the, the coach and the quarterback, probably the most important thing. But the fact that they did hit on so many of those pieces on defense. You know, we, we talk about the draft and draft picks acquired in the Tyreek Hill trade that turned into some of the young, excellent secondary. Right. Carl Loftus is really good. But then when you look at some of the free agent signings they made, um, Justin Reed, for example, Drew uh, Tranquil yeah. was really good for them, yeah. right? And and, uh, and you see, and I think coaching also factors into that as well, having a defensive coordinator who's like probably should be a head coach and has been your defensive coordinator and has developed these young players is also a massive edge. They have so much continuity, you know, there on that side of the ball. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's 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 just a very well constructed roster, and then it helps, of course, that you have you know two of the greats. Yes, staying in the division, obviously you got. Mahomes and Herbert on one side, and then we don't know what the heck the Broncos and the yeah. Raiders are going to do at quarterback. Sure. How do you view this division, specifically what Denver and Vegas may do to kind of change the complexion of their offense and their That's franchise right. quarterback? Yeah, uh, big question mark with the quarterback position, so it's kind of hard to even get a good a feel for how competitive they'll be. But uh, I think they're teams that were both sort of trending in the right direction last year. Yeah, uh, The Raiders' defense, I thought, was playing really well down the stretch and – uh, still has to add a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Um, you know, good skill players. Offensive line is not too bad. Denver, again, you know, some of them, uh, the turnaround that they had was turnover luck and, and things kind of, and, and I think some of the things, some of the trends from the first part of the season were unsustainable for them. Um, but very good head coach, obviously, Peyton. I, it feels like if either of those teams had – if either of them had a Herbert, they would immediately right ascend. Honestly, like be better than the Chargers at this point, probably. Um, yeah. But that's the odds of that are low right. for you guys. So I think the question is like, okay, well, if they get that next tier, um, how competitive are they? I think that's where you're looking at how much does the quarterback matter versus the roster. And I don't know. The AFC West teams all play each other hard, though. It's kind of kind of weird. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, they typically split. Except for the Chiefs, who yeah. win, uh, who win all the, the matchups, but otherwise the other the other teams tend to split with each other. I'm going to go uh, a little off the menu here, and I'm assuming I don't know, maybe it's just my background in a particular previous career that I had that leads me to ask you this, and I don't think I ever have before. Um, you have Wowie Zowie behind you for all of your <laughs> at-home appearances. I don't know if there is just a such a strong connection to that one pavement record that it has to stay there and hasn't rotated. But if it did rotate. Yeah. If you if you were forced to take it down, like, hey, we've seen enough of this. Let's uh, let's replace put up, it. Put up some new put art. Up some, put up another just album. Just like Texas Radio, they're they're just, they're, exactly. they're breaking like they're, down. They're, they're breaking down. You got to you got to take Wowie Zowie down. You know, what? I actually thought about replacing it because I have um, a custom painting. Uh, custom paint. It's a painting um, of American Water, which is an album that I like a lot from the Silver Jews. Okay. That the artist who made the album cover um, painted it for me. And I was thinking about replacing Wowie Zowie. See, there we go. But I, I, I just, I've had Wowie Zowie for so long. I know. And honestly, like, probably, like, once, at least, what, maybe twice a week, I hear from someone who's like, why is there a Pavement album on an ESPN background? It just cracks me up every time, yeah. so. Instead of your own book behind you, which apparently is a very popular path. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not going for that. <laughs> Check out my book. It's behind me. So is this award that I got 10 years ago. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Peter, what, I don't what, have any of those. What's so. the rest of the week look like for you guys at NFL Live? Yeah, uh, we're live from stadium today, tomorrow. Um, you know, I, it's kind of the beginning for us of all of this. So yeah. it's our kind of first crack at talking about the quarterbacks who I've been desperately cramming over the last week, um, the beginning of draft season. So. I'm pumped. I, this is like one of my favorite. I know. That's why we asked you to join us. It's the best. I just it's and it's it's cool for me too personally because I like college football. I'm a Huskies fan, so you know I've seen these players. But there's a lot of players like I didn't watch during the regular season. So when I get a chance, I'm like, guys, oh my god! Like um, I was just having lunch by uh, I don't know my point, uh, and uh, Cooper Jean DeJean yeah. walked in. I. I didn't watch Iowa because everybody was like, this is so boring. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap, that kid is good. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, he's a good player. Good Lord. Yeah. He is a really, really good zone corner. 
And he walks in. I'm just like, oh my god, like yeah, I, j- I just watched I know like that, five year games. I, yeah. no, I would ask you this because we I asked uh, Nate Tysus if if Penix had clean medical. Yeah. W- where would he be in your eyes? Uh, I would if he had a, cl- a clean medical. I would view him probably like end of first, maybe like around there. Um, you know that in age is a little. It's this is another thing that's horrible. At draft season. I'm like 24. Send him to the retirement home, folks. Right? <laughs> He's old. It's, it's yeah. It's so crappy. Um, I think with Penix, who I love as a college player, um, my question is like what we saw from. It's actually it's kind of similar to what we. They're not similar players, but it was a similar uh, discourse around C.J. Stroud. What we saw from him in the Tex- Texas game and C.J. Stroud in Georgia is what I mean. Uh, where he was like so evasive versus pressure, stepping up in the pocket, firing over the middle of the field. Is that who he can be as a quarterback consistently? Because a lot of his production in college was, you know, bombs outside the numbers, yeah. screens. And he, my God, that guy throws beautiful, yeah. beautiful yeah, go does. balls. But for me, when I'm thinking about success in the NFL, you got to use the middle of the field. You got to be able to play under pressure. Um, and he ha- he did that in that game. So I think what I want to see is, like, okay, can he do that, you know, at the next level? I'm not so sure. I, I, I hope so. He's a great guy. Did you uh, did you fall into the trap with the rest of the Huskies fans when all the speculation was Dan Lanning was going to Alabama poking poking the bear oh. of your your southern neighbors like hi you're gonna lose your guy yeah well and then all of a sudden there it is right in your lap yeah I know it it was it's it was a real roller coaster for me because I, I like I said I love this Husky season so much and I'm so high in DeBoer yeah but you know he's dead to me now oh, really? and um, <laughs> I mean you can understand a guy doesn't nah, want to go I'm, to the Big I'm Ten kidding, the, I'm kidding I'm kidding I know but he is dead to me. But a lot of Washington fans but, don't. They're like, well, how could you leave? It's well, like, oh. then, yeah, I mean, the getting grubbed, though, for the yeah. Seahawks really softened the blow. So I was like, all right. Yeah, so exactly. I, have, I have some friends who are Bama fans. I was just, like, roasting them because I was like, you can have DeBoer, you know. I'm excited to see what Ryan Grubb's offense looks like in the NFL. I'm really intrigued because very different circumstances from Washington. With Geno or with? Geno. You're good with Geno? I'm good with Geno, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm like a – You're ride or die Geno. I'm on Geno Mountain. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised by you how and Greg Rosenthal, Geno Mountain. I know. <laughs> Greg Greg is the mayor of Geno Mountain. Yeah. Our just, guy Chenna, our guy Chenna in Seattle yeah. too. You know, oh, we yeah. love Chenna. We miss Miss Chenna. Chenna. Chenna's a good player. Yeah, hope he comes back healthy. Well, have a great week. We Thanks, appreciate guys. you stopping by. Thank you, Mina. Can't wait Much to see what you do in the draft. Exactly. Trade down. That's the plan. Yep. Just <laughs> Thank you. Keep That's the consensus. People, keep telling people there's four quarterbacks that are going in the top five. That's what we need. Always say trade down. Exactly. Love Mina. What's funny is that she sits down and then she gets up and there's like five or six yeah. other teams that are coming. That's why, that's why I felt bad. I mean, we're set up right when you walk in the door, and I was like, just walk in the door, sit down, and walk out. And um, she's just too nice. She's she's not going to say no, but that's fine. I mean, like the one thing that I take away from from today is it's now becoming pretty much just universal. I I don't feel like we've really had anybody say. Hey, you got to stick and pick at five. No, Mina said it. Nate said it. Figure Everybody out a way to trade it. down. Just pile up picks and uh, and as Mina run, Mina. It's a, they're they're run, piranhas. Mina. They will they will chew you to the bone. <laughs> <laughs> they will chew you to the bone. Um, that uh, that you got to get out of five. That that's just with a staff that's so good at developing players and has proven that at Michigan, um, I don't think there's any question that that's why so many of these people are are saying, get out of five, get out of five, trade down, and work your way out. That's been the consensus. This is hilarious, by the way. I feel so bad. Exactly. It's all right. Oh. Yeah. What's that? Do it again. (laughs) Oh. 
That looks more like you than that one. It won't get, <laughs> that won't get you as many places, Mina. <laughs> Be evicted. Exactly. There we go. All right. You get to see what it looks like live. Uh, are we – <laughs> oh, that's it. We're still rolling. That's how we're making the sausage, man. You're seeing, you're seeing how it is made. Is this live? Live. Is this, yeah. Is this live? All right. Let's start it over from the top there. All right, everybody. Let's let's go. Let's get right. Poor, poor so reels. I was just reading liners. Let's let's yeah. see the list. Nah, we're good. We're good.